Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in the series we've been doing called Naturally Supernatural. We're 15 weeks in. I had no idea we would go this long when I started, but uh, I just kept getting sort of ideas as we were going and seemed to flow together. And so we're, we're heading towards the end. We're going to do this week. And next week, uh, I want to try and make it very, very practical uh, in, in its application. But this series has been about um, seeing and understanding Jesus as our model for life and ministry. And so we've been um, looking at encounters that he had um, throughout the Gospel of John. And, and we've been trying to see what he saw, think like he thought, serve like he served, and love like he lived. We're trying to pick those out of the encounters that he had. We've also spent time talking about the resources that were available to him uh, that are available to us as well. And that's the Holy Spirit, the Word, and prayer. And, and applying each one of those into our own lives in order to live the naturally supernatural life we've been called to. And so we've looked at lots of encounters. I'm not going to review them all again. I've been doing that in the week. And last week, we, we really um, uh, we talked about Jesus' encounter with the cross. And that that's a, you know, a big central part of everything. That we've got to understand what and why. And that's what we talked about last week. Uh, if you didn't get to hear that one, that's another one I would encourage you to go back and watch. All right? That was Naturally Supernatural 14. So in this series, there's two that I'm saying you should probably have made sure you've seen 9 and 14. Okay? Um, today... We're going to move into the last chapter of John, John 21, and we're going to talk about an encounter that Jesus has after the crucifixion and resurrection that he has with Peter. And, and uh, it's a very, very powerful encounter in John chapter 21. The scripture reading for today is uh, John 21, verses 15 through 17. It says this, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And blessed be the word of the Lord. I want to talk about that encounter today. I'm going to give you a little backstory uh, as we head into it, and because um, uh, I think it's a it's a wonderful illustration of a new start. And um, there's some wordplay in there that we might dig into at another time because um, we have one word for love, and in the original language there's three or four, and and Jesus actually switches words up there in the end because Peter's not answering him. Je- Jesus keeps asking him, "Do you agape me?" and he keeps saying, "I I phileo you." Um, and, and, and so at the end, Jesus switches to his thing. It's another deal, but, but uh, I'm not going to dig into that tonight. We'll get to it sometime in the future. What I want to talk about uh, today is, is what's happening. So, so remember, in the last few chapters, uh, the encounter with the cross happened. And, and uh, it was a tough time on the disciples. They, they remember we were in the Last Supper not long ago and Jesus had proposed to them there at the Last Supper and, and the whole communion thing and, and they just couldn't get their minds around what he kept saying. Their paradigm was that he was going to take over 
uh, in a political kingdom at that point in time, and that they would be the top guys, and that's what they couldn't get past it. It was, it was part of their understanding uh, throughout their 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 whole lives. Uh, the, the 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 this was the thought uh, that the Jewish people were waiting for a Messiah who would deliver them from this oppression they were under to the Romans, and that it would be a political deliverance. And and that's not what Jesus did the first time he came. Uh, he, he did something far greater. He's coming back, and we talked about that, and then he will set everything straight. But that's not what he did the first time. And they, the disciples couldn't get it. They, they were struggling with it, and, and it was difficult. And when Jesus had been arrested, you remember, and hauled off, um, Peter uh, ends up denying him. Even though he said he'd follow them to anywhere, he denies him three times in, in the process. And now they're, they're just not really sure what's going on anymore. They've, they've, they know at this point in John 21 that Jesus has been resurrected. They've seen him. They're, they're, they're comfortable with that. But they don't have, they just can't, it's not hitting any sort of bells and whistles yet. They don't know what this means. They don't know what they're going to do. And so, um, so like a lot of guys with some spare time on their hands, they decide to go fishing. And, uh, uh, that's what happens. And now, actually, they didn't just go out and fish for recreation. Um, what it appears is that the disciples were going back to what they knew. They'd spent this three years with Jesus, and he'd been training them for something better, but now they weren't sure what was going on anymore, so they were going back to what they knew. They were going back to fishing. That's what they were before, and that's what they went. But see, the, the call of Jesus on their lives when he first called them, was still in place. And that call was, follow me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And, and so Peter and six of the other disciples, including John and James, had gone fishing. And they'd been out fishing all night, and they hadn't caught anything. And Jesus shows up on the shore, and basically what he says to them is, Hey, how's that working out for you? It's really pretty good. You've got to love Jesus here. Because um, they, they just the guys have just taken off and they've gone back to fishing and they haven't caught a thing and Jesus knows that and and uh, they kind of shout back well not very well they're not even really sure it's Jesus yet uh, and he says to the fishermen look throw your nets out on the other side of the boat now think about it that's really funny again I, I think it's just funny the whole thing is they they've been out these are professional fishermen they've been out all night. They haven't caught a thing. And here's this guy on the shore. They haven't figured out who it is yet. And what he says to them is, yeah, just toss some nets out on the other side. And they're kind of just weary anyway. And they say, okay, whatever. And they toss the nets out on the other side. And what happens is they catch so many fish on the other side of the boat. Think about how funny that is. That they can't haul the nets in. They're too heavy to haul in. And so then the disciple whom loved Jesus, most likely John, um, uh, recognizes Jesus. And he says something, and Peter jumps into the water, and he heads off to shore uh, as the rest of the disciples follow up in the boat, trying to deal with all the fish that they had caught. And then, um, it's really cool, because what happened next is Jesus makes them breakfast. I, I love that. Uh, you might have heard me say this before if you've been here for any length of time, but Jesus, I believe, had a favorite food, because he does it again. He makes them fish sandwiches. This happens time and time and time again in the gospel. So um, I hope you enjoy fish sandwiches, because I think there's some in our eternal future. Uh, and so, uh, and this is cool. So, see, even in, in his resurrected uh, body, he's, he's resurrected. He, he's, he's still serving his disciples. He's helping them fish. He's cooking them breakfast. So I want you to see what Jesus is doing here. I mean, he, he's already gone to the cross. He's already done it all, defeated death and risen, and he's still serving. 
his friends, his guys. So he helps them fish. He cooks them breakfast. And, uh, and now he ministers in that thing to his friend Peter. And this is really important. So, so Peter had denied the Lord three times. And what Jesus does is restore him three times. That's why I think it was critical. And, and at the end of it, he repeats the call that had started with Peter, which was basically, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I, the, the call didn't stop. What I called you to three years ago is still in place. Even though what's happened has happened, you're still supposed to be doing what I called you to do back when we started this thing. He's to continue in the ministry of Jesus of fishing for people. All the guys are. But he, he gets back with Peter and he reconnects with them. And so, uh, even though Peter's messed up pretty big, I mean, uh, Jesus loves him and wants him to continue on in the ministry that he's been called to. And I, that's really important, I think, for us all to get because all of us mess up. And, and yet Jesus wants us to get back into the life that he's called us to. And that's what he does. And I think that a lot of this encounter is reflected by Peter as he later writes uh, in, in his own um, uh, letter and in, in inclusion in the ministry, the, the letter of First Peter. And he writes this in chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And he says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And see, I like to think of Peter writing this, and, and, uh, and I'm... I'm, I like to think of it in terms of this encounter that he had. Here's Peter, called by Jesus, spent all that time with him. At the end, feels like he really messed up. Uh, you know, he was crushed by his own, you know, that he couldn't follow through with what he said he was going to do. And he denied the Lord three times and it was so real to him. And, and yet Jesus comes and ministers, specifically ministers to him and restores him and is going to use him mightily in the church. And as Peter's writing... Uh, years later in his ministry, he's reflecting on everything. And, and I believe this, this comes out of it. And out of that verse, there's five things I would just want to talk about quickly in our time together as it relates to the naturally supernatural life we've been called to. And the first thing is that God chose you. God chose you. Just as Jesus chose his first disciples... He chose you. First Peter 2.9 says you are a chosen people. Look, I want you to know God picked you to be on his team because he wanted you to be on his team. He picked you. Sometimes we struggle with this and we think, well, I just kind of, you know, I was just, you know, I kind of stumbled along or I was the last one along, you know, whatever. And no, he, he wanted you on his team. And you need to know that he chose you just the way you are. And, and none of you are perfect, um, that just like Peter wasn't. Uh, and yet he chose you because he wanted you to be a part of his team because you have value, because you matter. See, just like we saw in the encounters, remember when he ministered to the to all of those people, um, they all had issues. And yet he, he cared about them and he ministered to them and he cares about us. And he chooses you as his followers to be on his team. Um, and so when we get a hold of that... One of the things that ought to free us from is the, the tendency we have to, to um, uh, try and, and make ourselves feel accepted. 
Uh, we spend a lot of energy. We burn a lot of energy trying to belong to this group or to that group or whatever. Um, but see, you don't, because He's chosen you, uh, you don't have to compromise um, your beliefs. You don't have to do anything that you, you don't want to do in order to feel a part of something. In Christ, you are a part of the most amazing thing in the universe. See, that's, that's, this is so cool. You are a part. As a believer in Christ, you are a part of the most amazing thing in the universe. There's nothing like this. When we get a hold of this, what, what we actually have come into, been chosen for, it, it, should, it should constantly make you sit down and, and just go, wow. Um, it's the coolest thing out there. You know, unfortunately, you know, sometimes the church hasn't done a good job in letting people know how cool it is because they've tried to bore them to death or whatever. But it's the coolest thing there is. Opportun- things that we do, that we can do are just, uh, are, it's amazing to me how cool it is. Just stuff like today. Just going out and washing people's car and then handing them a dollar. I mean, but how, how amazing is that, that you can do stuff like that? And it's part of what we're supposed to do. And, it, and, and God gives us cool ideas all the time. And it is, it's supposed to be life-giving. It's supposed to be... Um, when we get this thing and we realize that it's not... We're so trapped in thinking it's all about us. And it's not about us. And when we figure out it's not about us, it's about Him, then He takes care of us. And, and all of a sudden it begins to make sense. But we get so much energy thinking, oh, life is over there, life is over there, or those people seem... Or those... And it's all in this deal, the best deal in the universe, Jesus. And what we talked about last week at the cross. And then he wants us to be a part of it, part of his team. He's chosen you to be on his team. And, and it's, it's the coolest thing going. It's the coolest thing going. He's chosen you, secondly, to be a minister in that process, all of us. First Peter 2.9, he calls it a royal priesthood. We're, we're his ministers. Uh, um, you know, a minister is not just um, the person at the church who's up front or whatever, or the one who's ordained or whatever. That's not it at all. Scripturally, we're all called into the royal priesthood. We're to be ministers of Christ Jesus. Paul says in Romans fifteen sixteen, a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles with the priestly duty, that's a duty connection, of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. To be a minister means to be called to represent and serve for Jesus. And, and throughout our series, you should have seen that that's what's going on. That's what we're all called to. We've talked about it in different terms. We're as ambassadors, whatever. It's just, we're called to be ministers. Um, to, uh, a minister, the definition is a public servant, a functionary in the temple, um, or, or gospel, or a worshiper of God, or a benefactor of man. That's all ministry. So we come and we, we love on God. That's, that's part of what we do as ministry. And then we love others. It's part of the ministry He's given us. In whatever ways we can think of to do it. Washing their cars. Smiling at them. Giving them for free breakfast. Dinner. Um, whatever you can do. See, it's all part of the deal. It's what, what this looks like. It's what it looks like to be naturally supernatural. There's a lot of natural in it. And it's supernatural. Because we're not just thinking about ourselves. See, we get out of it. See, you know, the, the thing, it's just in my mind today. It's not the only thing we do that's cool. We do a lot of cool stuff. But the car wash is in my mind. People are stunned when we give them the dollar. They're stunned. It takes them completely out of their setting, usually. They just can't, because nobody's doing that. Nobody, it's like, 
and they don't get it. And we just we just want to encourage you. They just it, it takes them. See, but this <laughs> that's the supernatural part of a very natural act, and and these things are supposed to be a part of our lives because he's called us to be his ministers, his ambassadors, to think of ways we can do it. And and it's it's not what we think. We boxed ourselves in thinking that you know to be a minister means that we're just gonna uh, you know it, it's all about. You're trying to get them to figure out the Bible. All that's included, and I've talked about that. We have a radical message, but we can get them to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit enter into their lives, and then He starts making it all make sense. And, and the best way I can think of to do it is to encounter them like He did, and He usually served them, prayed for them, encouraged them. That's what He did. And that's what He says, do, you know, we're going to... Uh, this week as I was praying, I, I have the next series lined up now in my brain. I started writing it down, and uh, I'm excited about it. So now I'm going to cook it, because once, once they come, a lot of times I'll get into a series like this, and I'll, I'll be like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm done, because I'm like, oh, what do I do next? And then, fortunately, the Lord always comes right near the end of it. I feel like it gives me... So, so we did a series, a couple series ago, called Being. Do you remember that? It was really, it was Matthew 5 and the Beatitudes. So we're, we're going to start one right after um, next week, the following week, called Doing. I'm really excited about it. Because <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that all came out of what I just said. John, Jesus said in John that when we were reading in 13, 17, now you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And, and he's saying that at the Last Supper, which is, and he's kind of summarizing everything that he's done with them. And he says, look, I've showed you all this stuff. And he, and he, he just washes their feet. And he says, now you, you, you're going to be blessed. You're going to find life by doing these things. It's where life is found. And they'll figure it out here in a little bit. The guys will figure it out. So, he's called us all to be ministers. And he gives us a motivation. That's the third thing. He gives us a motivation. 1 Peter 2.9. That motivation is that we're a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And we've talked about holiness a lot in the past. And I said that holiness is best displayed by loving well. We, we, again, we have this sometimes other definition of, of what we think holiness is. But Jesus was the holiest person there's ever been. And, and you watch the way he lived life. That's what we did this whole series. He got in among people and he loved them. And he loved them well. And he was saying, this is the model. He said, these are a model. That's, that's what it looks like. And again, we've twisted that and think that, that holiness is best happens if we withdraw from that mess and get as far away as we can. And we're not called to. We're not called to participate in it, we're, but we're, we're called to be in a part of it. And, and loving people in the process the best we can, even though we're still a mess and he's working on us. So, so we're a holy people belonging to God. And as his people, and make the connection, as his bride, remember he proposed at the communion four or five lessons ago. We're, we're supposed to be waiting and, and, and loving well like he would. And, and, and that, you know, the call on our lives and throughout scripture is to love God and to love others. And that's our motivation. And we've, we've talked about that here a lot. That that's our motivation for all this stuff is to love well. To, to love Him and to love others. And that, it, that, that, that understanding you know, is found throughout the Scriptures. And that's the motivation for everything that we do. And then He gives us a mission. 1 Peter 2.9 That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. 
The one who chose you and, and who went to the cross for you calls you out of that darkness into His light. And we talked about this amazing light of grace and everything that He brings. And we're to walk in that life. And so, so now we have a mission. We have a purpose. Um, we, we call our mission here one more. That's what we defined it as, just so, so that we can, if somebody asks you, you know, what is the mission of the vineyard on Big Pine Key? One more. One more. And Ocala, too. God bless you guys up there. Um, one more lost child back to dad. That's our mission. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, just like he called these guys to go out and fish, we're, we're out fishing for one more. Just one more. And, and we're happy. Because that's what it's all about. And so, so all of these are really amazing things. But, but maybe the best of all, and I, I alluded to it when I started, but point number five is, is that he gives you a new start. He gives you a new start. First Peter 2.10 Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, Jesus gives Peter a new start in this encounter. And he pursues him to make sure that he knows that he gets a new start. Because Peter was a little stuck. You know, he, he wasn't just coming back from his betrayal, uh, his denial, whatever you want to call it. He, I think he was really lost. Um, you know, he'd, he'd fought for so long with John and James about who was the leader of the group, and he'd messed it up big time. And I, he was a little lost. And that's why he went back to fishing. And, and, and Jesus makes sure that he knows. And, and you know, in Acts, we, we find out very quickly that it's Peter who jumps back into the lead of this thing in the early church. And uh, all the guys are busy, but it's Peter at Pentecost who, who you know, 50 days after the, the crucifixion and resurrection, jumps out and preaches one of the most dynamic sermons ever preached where 3,000 are added to the church at one message. And the church begins. It's Peter. Who, who God uses in that process. Peter reinstated. The same Peter who had denied the Lord three times is the one chosen to stand up and deliver uh, the first most powerful message in the church. And, and so, see, we, we get a new start. And we need to know that. We, we talk about that a lot, but you need to know that we get new starts. And it's not just one, fortunately, because I, I already used up my one a long time ago. We get lots of new starts. And that's okay. Uh, and, and you have to settle in the fact that that's okay. Never, never taking this thing for granted. I never take it for granted. I've told you that. But it's like always the Spirit of God is always teaching me new stuff. And He's always revealing to me areas that need more work. And, and it's part of it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I catch myself being really selfish. And I don't want to be that way. But I am. I mean, that's just... I, you know, it happens every day. And I think, ah, oh, man... And, I, and so I've told you what this looks like. I catch myself in what that is. And rather than feel guilt or shame or any of the other mess, I go, God, I'm sorry. And I confess that to him. Remember, confess, uh, and uh, this is important, is, is not just saying I shouldn't have done it. It's saying you're right, I'm wrong to God. It's really important that you get that worked into your deal um, in, in this process. So I confess what I've done. To him, which means you're right, I'm wrong. I'm not supposed to be that way, and yet I was that way. And, and he's so cool. He gives me another new star. Okay, we'll start over. And, and see how you do. And then I do better for a while, and then I get selfish again. Or you, put, you can fill in that blank, whatever it is. But, but every day I want to do better. I mean, that's my heart. Every, I want to, every day, my heart, I want to do better today. 
just a little closer to you today. So I want to I want to walk this thing out the way you want me to. And so, you know, we, we've talked about that. And I want you to continue to do that. We're living by doing the next right thing. You stay close to Jesus because he loves you. And he's always got a new start for you. Always. Just like he did with Peter. And so in life, um, even though I've messed up often, God forgives me and he gives me a new start. Because he's picked me, given me a ministry, motivated me by his love, and given me a mission of getting one more back to him. And see, that's naturally supernatural living. And he's done it for all of us. He's done that for you. He has picked you, chosen you to be a part of his team, to be his minister, to love people well in order to get one more lost child back to him. And to give you a new start. So that you know that you're loved. And, and the call on your life is still solid. And that, that's what naturally supernatural living looks like. And a, and a people that will get this and walk out in it will change the world around them. They absolutely will. They'll just change the world around them. Because the, the world is, is longing for genuine love. Because they, they, they have a space for it. And it needs to be filled. And that's what we're called to do in this life. So that's naturally supernatural and the last encounter of getting a new start. Next week, like I said, we're going to do the last part of this series and we're going to make this very practical. I have some very practical ideas to give you about being naturally supernatural. And uh, out there, out there. And uh, so we'll talk about that next week. But that's where we'll end Today, um, if you need prayer when we're done, the ministry team that's here will head over to that wall and they'll be here to pray for you. Uh, they'll pray for whatever you need. They'll pray for your healing, relationships, finances, problems, situations, whatever you might need. They'll be there. But let me go ahead and pray for you as a group tonight. Let me thank the people watching on TV or video. Thanks for watching. If you need anything, call us, write us, email us. We'll see what we can do to help you. God bless you all. And we'll end tonight with prayer.